Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Something Something Podcast. My name is Eric Kasloff, and with me, as always, is Larry Sands. Party on, Larry. Ooh, party on, Eric. Party on. And How you doing? I'm good, man. It is. We are recording this on a Sunday, which we normally don't do. And here's the thing. For me, Sundays always feel two days long. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Usually, like for me, I I work on Saturday as well, just tinkering around with stuff that we're doing, that I'm doing, editing. And and I try to take Sunday for whatever else. So, yeah. Yeah, it I, I can I can I can jive with that. I can go with that. It's usually, you know, up early to get to church, come home, and you know, your day's pretty much over at two o'clock when you've been out that early. So yeah. then it's like, man, what else am I gonna do? And yeah. <laughs> and again, I live in I live in Bergen County, New Jersey, and there's this thing called the blue law which almost everything is closed right now. Like if I went to the mall, only the movie theater is open. Every other store is closed. Like they gate off the food court. Really? Yeah. I got to do the video sometime showing this. Wow. That I, that's a little odd, but I can go with that. Why do they do that? Is there a reason? Um, I'm not sure exactly, but, you know, it's better for the workers, I guess, in most places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like Chick-fil-A, hey? Exactly. Um, yeah. So this is kind of a different episode because we've been trying to get this one going for a while. And um, this really quick, yeah, Hillsborough Road still trying to get made. <laughs> Larry's still trying to get his stuff made. We might be having another podcast, a second podcast coming up very soon. And we might be writing a book. Okay. Perfect. Now let's get to it. So Larry, I love film. And one thing I really enjoy is film from film critics. Okay. Mm. You you mean like Siskel and Ebert? No, I hate them because of the thing they did in the 80s where they bashed horror movies and docked. They were the first people to dock someone on on national television. (laughs) But no, I just love hearing people talk about movies. And the great thing about YouTube, yeah, YouTube, 95% of the time, well, 97% of the time sucks. And it's, (laughs) but there's that 3% of time you see someone on, you're like, our buddy Dylan, slasher movie reviews, amazing Mm -hmm. critic. And, guy we are about to have right now coming all the way to us from jolly old london england i can't believe i said that i didn't want to do an english (laughs) pun but it came out everybody meet jack from screaming fish productions how's it going jack hey man going good how about you guys doing good good. doing very good Good. I uh, I woke up this morning and uh, so, okay, so people that don't know, maybe they know, I love watching soccer and the English Premier yeah, League. Football. football. Yeah, <laughs> soccer. Yeah, yeah, football. Yes, yes, yes. I, I have to be proper now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they said it was, what, is it 90 degrees over there, 95? Uh, I mean, temp- temperature-wise, it's like 
of where I am, it's like 30 degrees. So I guess oh, wow. not that high. Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Yeah. <laughs> so, you could, yeah. You know, well, you do because they, they do Celsius and we do Fahrenheit. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that, okay. Uh, I, I, was, I was getting confused. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. 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 Uh, either way, it's freaking hot. Right. Right. <laughs> either way, it's freaking hot. But yeah. Very, so welcome very. to the show. Welcome Thank to you. the show. Thank you guys Where for having exactly me. Where exactly are you located, awesome. Jack? Well, um, I'm not in London for one. I'm in a county called North Yorkshire. So, uh, yeah, but in England, just not exactly in London. <laughs> okay, again, I'm a stupid American. It's all one <laughs> you know, it's like... <laughs> yeah, don't, don't worry. That, I mean, London's, to be honest, like every, every single movie, almost every single movie, it's either London or Ireland, so... <laughs> right, right. How far are you from uh, London? Um, I'd say about... Uh, I, I could be wrong when I say this, but I'd say about seven hours. Oh, wow. No, that's not yeah. London at all. That's not even outside of London. Because, you know, in Los Angeles, everybody says I'm from Los Angeles. You go, oh, really? Wow. And then they go, well, really, I live in over in the Valley. I live in Hollywood. And then, well, where's that in, in relation to Los Angeles? No, it's Los Angeles. It's just <laughs> <laughs> But you're way outside of, that doesn't even count. That's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Brad, cool. I, I could be wrong when I say say that, but when I whenever we do the journey, it, it feels like that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, Jack, I I was looking at your stuff, and obviously, Eric Eric is familiar with you, and yeah. And granted, I don't I don't like you know I don't uh, like go on YouTube and and watch reviews and everything, but um, you get pretty in depth, and and yeah, I I mean. Um, how do you approach now, Eric? I'm, I'm oh, sorry. By the way, all of Jack's links will be in the description of this: his YouTube, Instagram, and so on. Yes, Thank yes. <laughs> um, what what made you wanted want to get into doing reviews? Well, um, to tell you the truth, I've always really enjoyed watching movies pretty much since I was five because my dad was the one that introduced me to Star Wars. Which, by the way, thank you, Dad. Yes. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I've, I've been a really big Star Wars fan, well, since forever, I guess. And uh, I then, uh, as I grew older, I got introduced to more movies and I saw more things. And then um, I remember, like, uh, I watched um, Ridley Scott's Alien for the first time, which, by the way, second favorite movie of all time. What's uh, the first? Uh, that would be The Empire Strikes Back. Awesome. Oh, nice. Good one. <laughs> Thank you. And yeah, basically, uh, I started like trying to research that movie more, and then I came across um, some actual movie reviews for it. And uh, these were like the first movie reviews I ever watched. And uh, they were a series of videos called uh, What Happened to the Alien and Predator series by a YouTube channel called Lil Jimmy A35. And by the way, if you guys haven't watched him, like you should really watch him. He's really good. But he was. Will. He was um, the first. Uh, he was the first like proper movie critic I, I ever watched, and um, his and his reviews kind of inspired me to kind of want to talk talk about movies like on YouTube because uh, I guess I mean it's fun talking to talking to my friends about movies, but sometimes like that conversation can get like a little boring for my friends because uh, not all of them are as interested in movies as I am. So I thought YouTube would actually be a really good platform to do that. <laughs> So, Preach into the choir, Jack. I remember you. Did you see La La Land? La, yeah, I absolutely love that movie. It, okay. It's incredible. 
I love it too. So I was trying to explain to my family why the opening scene in that movie is so incredible because the camera never cuts. I know it's, it's like this incredible one take and it just, it just never starts. It's like this, it's like insanity, but in the best way. But you know, the way your dog, a dog looks at you when they're confused that's yeah. how everyone in my family was looking like, no, you don't understand. The camera never cuts. It's amazing. And then look at the colors. Look how in the beginning, the colors are really bright and happy. But when they break up, the colors are dark and real. This I know. Is amazing. And they're yeah. just, yeah, but the songs are really good. Well, yeah, that, that's part of it. But look. <laughs> I know what you mean. Cause I, I mean, I, especially like in modern day filmmaking nowadays, I love how um, colors are used. Like, cause um, uh, I, I, I'm sure you guys know of the film Glass by N. Night Shyamalan. Um, oh, one yeah. of the, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, really divisive movie, but one of the things I love about that movie is how they use color and they sort of use color to represent um, the different characters in their scenes. So like you've got um, uh, James McAvoy, he's always wearing yellow. You got Mr. Glass, he's always, always got... Um, uh, purple and sometimes the scenes are even lit in purple and then obviously David Dunn usually in green because of his coat so it's it's like it's almost like representation and then there's the there's a really incredible scene with um I can't remember the the name of the actress that played the psychiatrist which not gonna lie pretty unprofessional professional me which my bad but yeah there's an incredible scene where she's kind of like deconstructing each of them in this giant room and a whole room is lit in pink and you could say that the pink is like saying that she's in control these guys that that they're in her they're in under her power like Sarah Paulson was her name is her name that that's it yeah I, I feel really bad for forgetting her name <laughs> but uh, yeah like she it I could, I could just tell like uh, because the whole room was just pink like from the lighting and even the color of the walls I can just tell like she's in control like these guys are at her mercy yeah. <laughs> you know it's always amazing because um, and I, I think it gets lost. Um, if you're not that into film and even if you are, I think you just really have to be in tune with your, your creative self to notice all those different, um, uh, I don't know, attributes or different aspects of the movie. Um, and I think, I think at one point though, that um, like my wife and like the people around me, I, I'm I'm not so much anymore because maybe I I lean more towards the acting side. Um, but sometimes I'll lean over and I'll go, oh my god, this is so you fill in the blank, bad or horrible or this is great. Um, but I I think you know when you know when you know how to shoot and edit and you know like do gra- like the special effects. I think yeah, I I don't think you try to do it on purpose it just becomes like a natural thing where you're like oh man i know how they did that instead of instead of living in like living like you know like going with the film and just go man this is a great film you're like oh man that was so that was i knew that was coming and then it was like oh my god that was so bloody and i know how do they do that right and it yeah. just it kind of it doesn't lose its charm it's just charming in its own different way you know yeah, I- I agree, like, um, because I when I'm watching like a movie, whether it's in a cinema or on Netflix or or on Blu-ray, I'm I'm always like, um, watching like just 
how everything's filmed. I'm thinking, okay, I wonder how they did that or how did they do this or did they use CGI in that scene or is it practical? And um, half the time I'm, I'm wrong <laughs> but, uh, because I, I watched the, the Blu-ray um, spe- special features and I look at uh, like how they're made and I find out, oh, it, it was CGI. <laughs> and, uh, and then I think like, I just kind of wish wish to myself. I, I wish I could be doing that right now. So I guess, um, in a way, it's I'm almost like preparing myself for hopefully one day when I try to do that stuff. But yes, you I guess, are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. But I guess like it's. Other, but other than that, though, I just find it really interesting because I've always found like the whole process of filmmaking to be really interesting. And uh, especially like when you've got directors like Steven Spielberg, like uh, er- Erica. Like that, that thing you said about the, the one take shot in La La Land. Um, I had a similar experience where um, where I was watching the Lost World Jurassic Park, which I think personally is really underrated. But there's it a there's totally a, is. Thank you, thank you. And uh, there's a, there's a really cool one take that I personally think is really awesome, where it's uh, a shot of um one of the characters trying to hook the trailer up to the Land Rover so it can try pull it up from the cliff before it falls down. And it's basically a tracking shot going from from uh, outside the trailer to inside the trailer and um i was thinking oh my god this scene is so incredible i turn around and my friend is just looking at me like why (laughs) 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 and i was just like because it's one shot and he was like and he's just gone inside the trailer i'm like but that's what's so amazing (laughs) and then i I tried to explain to it early and then he's and then still i just got why <laughs> yeah i totally know that feeling. <laughs> so how long have you had your channel now uh, i'm not gonna lie I'm, I'm pretty bad at keeping track but i i think it might just be over three years just over wow yeah I, I'm, i've been doing it I, I will admit movie reviewing wasn't the first thing i did because uh, i thought uh maybe i could i should try some other stuff first so i did gaming for a little while and then i did my first movie review which was on star wars the force awakens which um i will i will recommend you watch that video if you want to die of boredom (laughs) but uh, but um basically it's just I, i i remember watching that video and thinking you know i could actually do something with this and i went back and watched my gaming videos and i thought yeah i'm really not good at this so i went so i decided i'm gonna start talking more about movies and then that happened <laughs> now by gaming do you mean like live streaming or game reviews um i was basically just recording like 15 minute uh, long videos of me just playing games so i for example i play mortal kombat x or the mad max video game that came out a while ago that I'm underrated game should have got more attention mm, sure i mean personally i i didn't like it that much but i thought it was i thought it was okay as a movie tie-in game that well, wasn't batman arkham they released it the same day as the new metal gear so what did they expect to happen with that game i know like that was just a really bad decision like release wise because i mean if you release it at the same time as something like metal gear solid then your game's gonna bomb same exactly. goes for movies yeah yeah well you like, know it- 
Eric and I always talk about doing, we're working on a movie all the time and we're going to release yeah. it when Eric, whenever well, the well, next well, Star Wars is out. Okay. Well, you kind of got the cat out of the bag. We, we do. I was going to do this with you. We do this dumb joke on the show where we have to pitch a really horrible movie and the, oh. release, and the release date is always the same date as the newest Star Wars movie. Oh boy. <laughs> So when you said your dad introduced you to Star Wars, did he show you the real Star Wars first or the prequels? Thank God he showed me the originals first. Okay. Oh, that was it the special edition or the real real Star Wars? Unfortunately, it was a special edition. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, sorry, and man. Yeah, I, I I feel the pain as well, but <laughs> but um, ba basically uh, at that time, like it was mind blowing to me. Even all the special edition CGI. Thankfully, since then I've developed a brain. But <laughs> but yeah, I, at that time it was just really mind blowing to me. But uh, still, like, e even with the special the special features, I'm gonna call them that because I don't really want to call that CGI because. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's very. <laughs> It's PlayStation One era almost. Yeah, it's it's not good, but at the same time, they could have done worse considering the ninety mid ninety CGI. Which, yeah. Uh, <laughs> man, that just like in uh, Harry Potter, those are the words that we will not mention. Those are the yeah. episodes we will not, not be named. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, so what, it's always, I want to stay on the Star Wars thing for a minute more. Oh, yeah, it's sure. always interesting for me what, you know, me and Larry, we're old, you know, like. <laughs> no, 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 Eric, you're old. You're old. <laughs> the first movie I saw when I asked my mom was Return of the Jedi when I was like oh. three, maybe. So yeah. it's always fun for me when I hear these, you know, p these younger kids in like their late teens and twenties talking yeah. about how they discovered Star Wars. I just <laughs> now, what are your thoughts on the prequels? Okay, so I don't think the prequels are like the worst movies ever made. I, I, I don't. I think. I mean, I, I respect people's opinions. Don't get me wrong, but I think I don't think it's really like right to say like they're the worst movies ever made because they the, all the star wars movies even the bad ones have got good things about them but to me the prequels were just really disappointing because and i think the biggest problem was is that they took a story that to me should have been at least two movies and try to stretch it out in the three movies yeah and they and they tried to fill it in like basically fill in the gaps with politics Jar Jar Binks. Oh my god, don't even get me started. He's a Jar Jar No. He's a no oh. like me. Oh hey, god, that's pretty nightmares. good. The nightmares come flooding back. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, I, I just think like the prequels, they have they have potential and I think they even have some really great scenes like um the final lightsaber fight in Revenge of the Sith and even the lightsaber fight between Darth Maul, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan and the Phantom Menace. But mm -hmm. I think uh again the problem was it's just they tried to stretch what was what really was a really short story into three movies and it just kind of it, it made it kind of drag and but i mean that wasn't the only problem but that was sort of the main one the other problems for me i guess include most of the acting save for hugh mcgregor i was about to get to that yeah i mean yeah 
I am so psyched for um, the Obi-Wan series. I yeah, I'm I'm not, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm amazed that's even happening because for a lot because with all the stuff that got covered in Rebels and even the Clone Wars TV show, I'm just thinking like what are they going to what is it going to be about? Because I, I just feel like a lot of the gaps have been filled. But to be honest, I, I'm, I'm actually a really big fan of the, the Disney Star Wars movies. So like The Force Awakens all the way to Solo. So I think it's in good hands. And I think a really interesting story could be formed through that. So my hopes are, my hopes are pretty high, even though I am, I am really surprised that's happening. But yeah, I think, I think Ewan McGregor was one of, uh, probably the best part of the prequels. Oh yeah, without a doubt. And um, Qui Gon yeah. could have been better if they would have, you know, let someone else write the script. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Um, well, the thing is, like George Lucas, like he's kind of interesting because I think he's kind of if if he was like if he made more movies like beyond Star Wars um, and that other movie he made, which unfortunately escapes me right now. But American th- Graffiti. I think that was it, yeah. And THX to something? Uh, I just heard American Graffiti. He's going to redo American Graffiti all on green screen. No way. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Psych. I think, you know, I think... (laughs) That reminds me of... Do you guys remember the South Park where they... um, uh, The boys go to see, was it... Empire, and they replaced everybody with Ewoks. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> you, you guys are gonna really hate me in a second because I have not watched a single episode of South Park. Oh man, you should definitely <laughs> check it out sometime. You would like it. I, I really want to watch it. It's just I I keep looking for it like on Netflix, Amazon, just anything, and I can never find it. It's, it's, it's just... on a uh, Hulu. Oh, thank thank you so much. Seriously, you've saved my life. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so other than you know reviewing movies, um, are you like studying film, or is that one of your goals? Um, I'm actually about to start college, where I'm going to be studying film. So that's going to be interesting. I, I wasn't able to do that in high school though, because um, well, not to completely trash my high school, but I mean the options were pretty limited. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like uh, film. Film studies. Uh, I'm not sure if that, if that's like the same name for it in uh, it, over in the US, but um, <laughs> film studies. Um, in that lesson, I'm pr- I'm basically going to be learning about films, and I'm pretty excited for that for that lesson because uh, the the teachers uh, told me that uh, the two directors that we're going to be focusing focusing on for the first year are Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino. So, oh my I, God, dude! Yeah, <laughs> I'm really I mean, excited. That's okay. <laughs> no, that's great. Oh my God. The way it's broken, I went to a community college to study film, but the way it's yeah. usually done here is film studies is more like the history of film and understanding yeah. those aspects. Production is when they, you know, let you take a camera and go out and make stuff. Yeah, I they did say um like part of the they did say to me, like, part of the course, it's, like, um, 50%, like, studying films, so that we'd be studying, like, Edgar Wright and Quentin Tarantino, but the other 50%, we'd actually be making our own short film in the background. Excellent. So, okay. yeah. Like a thesis project, or no? Um, kind of. I think, basically, uh, because uh, the way it works over here in England is that you've got A-levels, 
which are basically like the big tests at the end. So like uh, the short film, to my knowledge, is going to cover like 50% of that A-level of that grade. Wow. So yeah, I ba- I'm, I'm basically, basically I'm going to, I'm going to be like making that and thinking, please be good, please be good, please be good, please be good, please be good. Please be good. <laughs> uh, when I was studying again with my studies in my documentary class, there was a thing where you had to turn in like, um, I think it was, I want to say five papers on a documentary or multiple documentaries. It was 15 throughout the year. So everybody else wrote big pages on like five pages on one documentary. I worked around it and I did two pages on one, three on one. Then the next I did again, two, I did basically I wrote a bunch. So that way it leveled out my grade. Yeah, I mean that that's a, that's a really cool way to do it. But I, I mean, if you'd done that in England, like they probably they would have just taught, like handed it to you back and just said, "This is not what I asked for. Go back and do it." Right, also, yeah. right, also, right. Detention. <laughs> so, who are some of your favorite directors? Okay, well, you know two of them: uh, Edgar Wright yeah. and Quentin Tarantino. Uh, for, although I have to admit, I haven't seen absolutely every single one of Tarantino's movies, but I'm, I'm working on that. Uh, and also, did Once Upon a Time in Hollywood come to you guys yet? That uh, not yet. I think another couple of days. Oh, okay. You'll like yeah. it. Yeah, I, I hope. I, I hope it's good because I've been excited for that movie pretty much all year. I saw um, it twice in one day. I am so jealous of you right now. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah uh so quentin tarantino edgar wright uh ridley scott granted um he's kind of hit or miss but like he's probably one of my biggest inspirations because of uh alien and gladiator in particular and especially blade runner which all yeah. three are amazing movies and uh james cameron as well uh his work on aliens the first two terminator movies which by the way so far are only good terminator movies uh, and yeah. and um and also Avatar, which I think is pretty underrated personally, and Titanic, which is also amazing. And then uh, who else am I thinking? Uh, as far as favorite directors go, that's sort of like my top four. I think if you don't say Nolan, someone might come here. And oh say my god! <laughs> thank you, thank you for that. Yeah, no, Nolan's <laughs> also great, <laughs> especially the Dark Knight trilogy and Inception. Never forget those. Yeah. Well, what of, did you like Memento? And um, what was it? Um, the one he did with Robin Williams. Oh my God! Insomnia. I need to. I still need to watch both of those. As, as you can see, I'm I'm pretty like underprepared when it comes to like Nolan. But I'm I'm working like through my way through like Tarantino. Uh, and then after that, I'm gonna start working my way through Nolan and basically just watching everything. <laughs> Yeah, I totally. But you've seen all of Edgar Wright stuff, right? Yeah, of course. I've seen I've seen uh, Scott Pilgrim, Hot Fuzz, uh, Baby Driver, uh, World at World's End, Shaun of the Dead. I've I've seen them all. Spiel? Uh, did you like Spaced? Spaced? Wait, uh, his TV show. Oh, he did a TV show. Space? Yeah, with Edgar um, Simon Pegg. Um, who's the other guy? 
Hey everybody, Eric Kasloff here. Just want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com has more audiobooks than I could count. And they're going to give you a free 30-day trial. All you got to do is click the link in the description or go to the URL audibletrial.com slash something something and you get your very own free audiobook. Yeah, man, I think you'll absolutely love Space. It's basically yeah. the nerdiest show you'll ever watch. Um, Sounds perfect for me, seriously. <laughs> Nick Frost and Simon Pegg wrote all the episodes with that one, oh man, um, Jessica Highness. Um, do you remember the scene in Shaun of the Dead when he meets that girl who was his old roommate? Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember other that scene. Group? She was the other writer and star of the show. Oh, my God, seriously. Yeah, it went, because you guys do your series different, right? It was in 1999, and then they came back in 2001. Episode two of season one, or series one for you guys, was the inspiration for Shaun of the Dead. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I feel so stupid for not knowing that. You have no idea. <laughs> well, I'm an, I get like obsessive fanboy when I'm into something or someone. <laughs> it, I'm happy it's never been with a regular person because then I would be a stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of know what you mean because um, like, uh, I have like really crazy fanboy moments. So like uh, I'll be talking about Star Wars and someone walks in and I was like, Ew, what are you guys talking about? And I'm like, oh, we're talking about stars. I was like, uh. And then she, he or she will be like, oh, I don't like Star Wars. I was like, what? How? Wait, have you seen it? <laughs> <laughs> and then after I've asked, I have they, if they've even seen it, they'll just be like, no, because I don't like it. And I'll just be like, how can... What? <laughs> oh, I get like that. Like that, and I'll admit, like with Doctor Who, I get a bit obsessive when someone doesn't know what that show is. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I know what you mean, right man. now is wondering, what's Doctor Who? <laughs> oh, I, I've seen parts of it. I've seen parts. And I know that there's been what, like 10 doctors? 13. 13, See, I yeah. Close. I was close. What was your thought? What was your thoughts on twelve? Um. Well, here's where I have to be completely honest. I've only recently just finished David Tennant I'm on Matt Smith, and I oh, like okay, David. Okay. Tennant. Tennant so far is definitely my favorite. Um, Matt Smith. He's he's a good actor, but I think the problem is the writing for me. Well, because I I don't know. It's just David Tennant like. Basically, when David Tennant's been, uh, and for lack of a better term, an a-hole, it's, it's, it's written in that so you know, it's written in a way that um, you know he's not actually like an a-hole. Like, I, it's a bit hard to explain, whereas when, Matt, when, when the writing, with the writing for Matt Smith's Doctor, it's, he's, all, he's constantly like making fun of others, and it's, he's not, it's not really making him likable. It's kind of making him come across as a bit of a, Douchebag. Yeah, it, he just—he's just no one. He's just no one near as likable as he was when Tennant was playing him. But I don't think that's Matt Smith's fault. I—I I think it's the writing for me. 
as it goes on, you'll like him more. Now, before we get back to your stuff, let me explain how you go about the understanding of your doctors. The first time right. you see <laughs> Tenet, he's yeah. the savior of the world, a swashbuckling hero. Plus, his music yeah. at the end has that kick to it. Matt mm. Smith, the first time we see him, is a child's imaginary friend. Yeah. So then that affects how their portrayal goes on throughout the series. Um, The very first Doctor was a grandfather. Uh Ah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at them like that, it will really affect your view on your Doctors. That that actually... That's that actually might change my perception on the doctor now. Like seriously. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Whoa. So when you get into your reviews, like how long does it take you to come up with them? Are you uh, the, the as soon as you're done seeing it, do you review it or do you give it time to breathe? Um. Well, basically, uh, it's with that stuff. It's sort of like 50, 50. Like if I see a movie and I know what to say about it, like straight away, um, then I will just write the script for the review, like pretty much straight as I get home. So for example, when I saw Godzilla King and the monsters, I, I just knew exactly what I thought about it. And I just wanted to get it out. And which is why like the video for that pretty much came out like two days after I saw it. And, but then if it's something like uh, War for the Planet of the Apes, uh, I had I really had to sleep on that and just think about that movie because that movie absolutely floored me and I really wanted to like get my words out for that one in a really good way. So it so yeah, it's it sort of depends on the movie really. And what uh, const what constitutes like a good? How do you how do you do your reviews? Um, yeah, what what makes a good that um. A movie can have really good filmmaking, but that doesn't mean the movie itself is necessarily good because you've also got the script and the characters. So I, I guess a good example would be uh, hmm, uh, the Transformers movies. I get, For me, like the filmmaking in that is, for the most part, amazing, but the story and the characters is just... Uh, oh, my God. But then like if it's something like Batman and Robin, then... Yeah, pretty much everything's bad. <laughs> That's you know, the I, one Batman movie I've never seen. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I really have to. Yeah, but I, I agree with Larry, definitely. <laughs> I mean, if you're a fan of Batman... Now, that that one was with uh, Clooney, right? It yeah. was, yeah. And was that the one with Mr. Freeze? Oh, yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, that, there's the one where... He looks right at the camera. And you know how George Clooney kind of talks with his head and moves? Yeah. And yeah. if you can see me while I'm doing it, it's like, hello, Freeze, I'm Batman. And his head just kind of shakes in his mask. And it's kind of like, and that's that's what I do all the time. Anytime I'm like frustrated with something, I go, hello, Freeze, I'm Batman. <laughs> it's, it's just a weird thing. I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, man. It's, uh, it's... <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Yeah, I, I was just thinking. I was just about to like say it, it is a weird movie. To be fair, so like yeah, yeah. Weird, well, it weird was. It wasn't yeah. really done by the studio or the directors. It was mandated by the toy companies. I actually wow that that I you know of all the things like I've heard about studio interference. Uh, I guess well, I guess that doesn't really count as studio interference. 
I never thought I'd hear something like that. <laughs> well, yeah, if you remember, there was a Spy Kids movie where the release date was pushed up because of the Happy Meal toys that were coming out. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, you know, again, I think that's because, well, I mean, take a look at what Disney and, and Sony are doing with Spider-Man. I was just reading up on that. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I a couple, <laughs> Yeah, a couple of days ago. But they, but but it's like Sony wanted the deal. I mean, they, they Disney wanted a 50-50 deal where they co-financed and yeah. uh, all that. And Sony was like, no. No, we'll do all the financing and Disney. You can have like the merchandising rights. Yeah. Um, but but we but we reap all the money uh, from the box office, and so I don't know. I mean, you know, I mean, when you when you look at movies like those big blockbusters and like what you said with the Transformers, I like them because you can just veg out and watch them. Uh, yeah. From a, you know, but but from a, a, I don't think, and I hate to say this. But people look at it. I mean, you got to kind of take it. See, I I think I probably look at filmmaking a little bit different because I didn't start out as a, a true filmmaker. That's fair. Um, looking at at it as like an art, which I'm certainly get getting a little bit more into that mind frame and mindset. But yeah, and you know, unfortunately, it's like everything else, man. It comes down to money. You know, it does. Yeah. I mean, and that's everyone, the bitch of it all. That's it the crappy really part, yeah. you know. Um, but 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 having said that, I think there are really good filmmakers that uh, you know. I mean, and I, I don't know if you've heard any of the horror stories, but used to used to they they used to make like say uh, you know like a Robert Rodriguez. They go, you know, hey, I really want to do this art movie. They go, okay, but you're gonna have to do two of our babe movies, the pig movies. Right or whatever. Hey, Babe was oh. awesome. Oh, I love Babe. <laughs> I love Babe. But it's but but those are the kind of deals that okay, if you want to make your art film, you're gonna have to make uh you know a, a box office grossing film that we want to do like a Marvel, yeah. uh you know where we know we're gonna make a billion and you can go take your little art movie and make oh I don't know maybe twenty five million if that. Um, so. Unfortunately, it's a give and take. Um, it, it really is. Yeah. I mean, money, we're sort of in a day and age where a movie studio will do absolutely anything to, to make, make, help that movie make money. And even if that means interfering and basically getting in the way of the director's vision. So I guess a good example of that is what happened with Suicide Squad, um, yeah. where they where uh, David Ayer, um, he had he had his movie, he had his vision, and then the studio came in and said, uh, "Look, we really don't like your cuts, so we're basically <laughs> just gonna we're just gonna we're just gonna mess around a bit." So uh, instead, so they got the the guys who made the amazing trailers to re-edit the movie, which in itself is really confusing because getting a guy who makes trailers to edit a movie is like getting a chemistry teacher to do a PE class. I mean, granted, like you, you could get lucky, but nine times out of ten, that just that just will not work. And then, obviously, we got the Suicide Squad we have now. So, and then, and then another example, ironically, would be Justice League because set in the same universe where they had they got Josh Whedon in to replace Zack Snyder for a little while, and then. They just uh, they they cut it down to an hour and an hour and fifty when I'm pretty sure it was near three hours. 
I think. Do you think the Snyder Cut really exists somewhere? Um... I'm going to be really real with you, and believe me, I'd I'd love to I'd I'd love to see um, Zack Snyder's like original vision of Justice League. But what I think exists is stuff that Zack Snyder shot. I think that's definitely something that he shot and something he compiled together as like a rough cut. But I don't think I don't. I, other than that, I I really don't think there is like a true Zack Snyder cut with finished VFX and and complete editing and really just I think what he what does exist is a rough cut but other than that I don't think there really is like a complete version of the well, would cut. you watch the rough cut oh yeah um, honestly yeah I would like partly because of my interest in filmmaking and basically just to, I guess to see what a rough cut actually looks like so I guess but and also to see like what to just get a rough idea of what Zack Snyder was going for but um but I'm gonna be honest. Like I had a, I I didn't like Batman v Superman when I first saw it. Neither did I. Yeah. So I, it's sort of like fifty fifty because all the all the people that worked on Batman v Superman, to my knowledge, worked on Justice League. So even like before all the studio interference started happening, I was thinking, okay, this looks good, but so did Batman v Superman, and so I was cautiously opt- optimistic but still skeptical. Mm-hmm. But. But yeah, like, if if the Snyder Cut did actually exist, I would definitely want to see it. But I doubt. But honestly, I, I really doubt that it, a complete version of that film actually exists. Yeah, I I I tend to agree with you, Jack. Because once the studio saw his cut, they were like, "Nope, no thank yeah, you, apparent, no thank you at all." Yeah, I remember seeing those reports. It was just it, they literally said it was unwatchable. I was like, "Whoa." <laughs> and and see from from a standpoint when you're coming with money and where you're looking to make money and knowing what kind of brand you have with those kinds of films yeah i mean you know he could have walked in there with some emotional like you know some some kind of good storyline and they were like nope you're gonna have to cut it down bro or you're gonna yeah. have to step aside We'll do this on another podcast, but I have, and I would love to have, you know, Jack, you, and I'm going on it, of how I would have done the DC Universe movies. Oh my God, that would be amazing. I really like the way I would have come up with it. It would have been better. I'm just going to say that, you know. (laughs) I'm the guy who made a $300 movie. But hey, you know, I could have handled that multi-billion dollar franchise way better than any of those guys. Except James Wan. He's awesome. To, to tell you the truth, Eric, I, I've also got my, my own like, ideas of how I would have done the DCEU. Although, granted, I did like uh, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, and Shazam. But I, mean, I haven't but, seen Shazam yet. I got to check that out because I love the director. It it is really good, and I also really have to like. I really respect the director of that movie like a lot now because he made the jump. He made like the jump from horror, like R-rated horror movies, to PG thirteen superhero movies, and he did it like so spectacularly. I was like, whoa, this guy, this guy really, really has it. And again, starting with YouTube, he never did an independent movie. Yeah, I I mean I think. Uh, if I, to my knowledge, um, I think he did Lights Out, and I I do know he. Did oh short yeah, film. yeah, Jay, I, I yeah. Did the short. That was that was a great movie, by the you way. Gotta check out I, I, his I, other shorts yeah. that are on his YouTube, guys. They're amazing, even better yeah. than the Lights Out short. 
Really? Yeah, I at Lights Out, um, the short and the actual movie are incredible. I think and uh, and really like original. So I think I think he's got. He, it's sort of like how he's sort of like how I view uh, Scott Derrickson. I believe his name is who did Doctor Strange, but he also did Sinister. He yeah, he's really he's really good at jumping between genres. But I think what I'd like to see him do, which I think Scott Derrickson is going to do with Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, is that is sort of try and mesh genres together. So like maybe have a mesh of superheroes and horror, but obviously have his own take on it to maybe like differentiate it from Doctor Strange too. Because I mean, Scott Derrickson is pretty much doing the same thing there that as Andy Samberg so, sorry that's probably not that is that his name Andy Samberg David Samberg Andy David Samberg he's oh. Andy Samberg is the lonely island I yeah I am I, I apologize for my um lack of brain cells <laughs> but, oh hey dude yeah. I I make those mistakes all the time <laughs> yeah, at least at least I'm not the only one thank you so what would you say is the film culture in the UK like you know what seems to be the big thing here it's honestly in the u.s mainly the big superhero blockbuster movie yeah. and there's that underground network of you know art films like amc the biggest theater chain in america is yeah. now doing the um artisan line where it's smaller movies that are getting big releases like ready or not larry it yes. got three thousand screens. Oh, really? How I I, I want to see that movie so. Oh, bad. you've You're got to love it, dude. Yeah, you have got to. Actually, we did a uh, uh, we did a, a recent uh, episode. For you, um, uh, I, for Ready or Not. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll, definitely, I'll definitely check it out. Guys. Wait, because it's spoiler filled. So oh, I would. Yeah, no, yeah, don't listen, don't listen. But uh, okay. when does it come out there in the um, UK? Do you know by a chance? I'm I'm gonna have to recheck that out, but I, I the thing the only slightly annoying thing about living in the UK is that uh, some movies uh, come out like a month or two later than they do yeah. in the US. So like yeah. uh, a good example would be Ant Man and the Wasp that came out a month later than it later than it did in the US. And I, I gotta tell you, avoiding spoilers for that movie was a pain in the ass. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I I, ne- I nearly had the movie spoiled for me so many times it was unbelievable. But um, yeah, I, I, that's really the only like annoyance when it comes to watching movies in the UK. But I, I I'm other than that, I I guess it's pretty fun. But I don't really know when um, Ready or Not comes out um, in the UK. September twenty seventh. I just checked it for you. Oh, thank you. And also, <laughs> dang it, I've got to wait. <laughs> But yeah. would you, like, would you it's say, worth the wait it's good would you I, say uh, really that pretty much how it is everywhere with the big blockbusters being the main thing um well that's the thing like and granted like i i i do i i haven't been absolutely ever in the uk because i've only lived here like well you know years. what i mean though like in yeah. your, your side of the world yeah um well basically uh for where on on my side of the world, uh, Disney, anything Disney is the big thing. And when I say Disney, that doesn't necessarily mean Marvel and Star Wars. I, I when I say Disney, I mean like Aladdin, Lion King, yeah. any of their. I was gonna say too. Toy Story. <laughs> that uh, technically that's Pixar, but yeah. I guess that counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah like anything Disney and Pixar. That's 
that's sort of like uh, those are the movies that literally everyone in the UK will know. But if it's something like uh, Star Wars, which does have a pretty big audience here as well, but it's not like as big as most of Disney stuff from my experience anyway. But yeah, like I, I mean, I had like like out of all my friends, like at school when I was still there, there was literally like um, I think only like ten of us out of a school of four hundred that were. Marvel fans, uh, we felt pretty lonely. I'll be wow. honest. <laughs> <laughs> you know that that's part of. But see, also, dude, I'm telling you, man, you're like being a filmmaker. It's a lonely thing, anyway. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's it's very it's a lonely thing, but at the same time, it's it's a very much a collaborative. Uh, sport. Very very much, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. To tell you the truth, I I have like like attempted filmmaking in the past. I I did uh, make a stop motion clip on my own, which I wow. wanted to up, I, I wanted to upload it to YouTube, like, but I couldn't because I knew that John Williams would demonetize me because I used pretty much all of, <laughs> all of his music. <laughs> I, I used pretty much all the music he made for the Last Jedi in that what in that one twenty three minute long stop motion clip, and I, I just knew that if I posted it, it would get demonetized like the second, possibly even deleted like the second I upload <laughs> up, uploaded it. So yeah, <laughs> but I, what I can tell you is basically it was just. Um, the story was basically just a clone trooper who didn't perform, didn't do Order sixty six. Uh, That's like, funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh my uh, god. Yeah, uh, like basically, basically a clone trooper who didn't do Order sixty six and went into hiding. And basically, the whole, the story was he's hiding out on this farm, but then eventually he gets discovered by clone troopers who did do Order sixty six, and Darth Vader sends those clones to kill him. <laughs> Oh my god! So kind of like the robot chicken episodes. Well, I, I wouldn't. I, I guess like stop motion wise, yes, but comedy wise, no. I try. I try to make it really dark. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. I, I kind of wish I'd added more humor into it, but I, I guess I, I, try, I try to make it a little dark and gritty because I don't really consider myself a funny guy. <laughs> I think so. you are. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I i guess like uh that was re- that's really like my first attempt at like filmmaking and trying to like visualize one of the stories i've one of the many stories i've got like buzzing around in my head which yeah there are a lot <laughs> well this would be my advice before i ask you the next question keep yeah. it as small as possible yeah. Like my what her name was Samantha, my award-winning short. It's only three Congrats, minutes by the long. Way. And yeah. there's pretty much no dialogue in the movie because I knew I would have to hire a boom person. So yeah. if you're gonna make something like before you go off to school just to get yourself ready, keep it yeah. under three minutes. That's always under. my advice for a short and yeah. limited location. Yeah. And few, maybe two people in it. Maybe three. Maybe. All right. Awesome. Thank and you. I'll, I, I'll, definitely, I'll definitely take that advice because I really want to get into filmmaking at some point. You know, I, w- I would add to that is, you know, I would pick up the camera. And actually, so even if you have a phone, that, yeah. that's, that's 
that's a good enough camera right there. Um, yeah. To be to be honest, to start out, and I, what I would do, I would test. I would use lighting. I yeah. do mood lighting. I, you know, that's that's the thing about art and filmmaking. Everybody thinks that that there's one way, and obviously, I say that, and people that are filmmakers go, "No, man, that's not true at all." There's yeah. there's like fifty million different ways, but there's only there's only ways that I think each individual artist can connect with, and yeah, you know, there's so much out there, but that I would add to Eric, keep it, keep it simple, keep it short. But then once you, once you have that simplicity down and you get your angles, then that, once you have those basics and, and being a, a, a film buff like you and even Eric, um, I mean, you know, then you take those basics and you work like different camera angles and different light and different, you just really have fun and experiment because there's going to be people that come up and go, no, that's wrong. It's like the Willy Wonka thing. No, you're wrong. Why? Oh, yeah. you're wrong. No, I'm not. Why? Because don't tell me just because, you know, it's, yeah. and art is so subjective and art is in the eye of the beholder. And fortunately for us, the three that are on here, like we all own cameras, we all have cell phones, we could do stuff and pick it up yeah. and just do it. That's what I would say to you is go, go full out and do it. Just do it. And yeah. don't worry about what everybody else says, man. Just follow what you want to do, you know? And what thank, do you thank see you, yourself doing, like writing, directing, directing, or like, what do you see yourself doing in film? Um, well, I think uh, I'm, I'm going to, I was initially thinking of doing, I guess, what you said, like starting off small, so do like really small scale stuff. And I guess uh, one of the first things I want to try to do is make, make a horror movie. Because yes. because I, I, I it would be like a really cool test for me because uh, what, some of my favorite horror movies um, is movies that horror movies that take place in one location and I guess it's really cool to see that I, I really enjoy seeing those movies because I it, those movies they test the filmmakers on what they can do with the characters and what they can do with the story to make it interesting yeah because like ha having it like take place in a small confined space like that forces you to get creative so. Absolutely. For me, for me personally, like uh, making a movie like that would would be really fun and really challenging for me, which I I think uh, I I'd like to, I'd definitely like to try try and make even if it's not very good. <laughs> but. Well, so going in, man, you got to know the first one, unless you have it really planned out, it's gonna yeah. be you're gonna look at it and be like, man, oh man, what in the world am I doing? But yeah. If Go in with, hey, I just want to have fun. I want to play around with like the practical special effects. I want to see what blood looks like. I want to see what yeah. this looks like. I think once you go in and you go with the attitude of having fun and learning yeah, and wanting to learn and wanting to mess up because it's just like anything else. There's like happy mistakes that you'll, yeah. that you'll make. That yeah. it will turn out, you go, oh, God, I, I don't know how this is going to look on, you know, film or whatever. And then you yeah. watch it, you go, oh, my God, that actually didn't turn out too bad. That was really spectacular. But, yeah. yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, actually, um, one of my favorite um, things uh, any movie maker has uh, ever said, and it came from Martin Scorsese when he did his master class. And it, I, I, may, I may misquote this um, 
somewhat, but he said uh, in the opening for that video, he said, if you don't look at your first cut and feel physically sick, then there's something wrong. And yeah. I really, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really like that quote because um, I get, I guess it, it kind of inspired me to like think like I've really, when I, when I make my own movies, I'm, I'm really going to have to like mess around and just see what works and see what doesn't like, because I'll have a script, but when I actually film like those pages, like there may be stuff that on paper would have worked, but maybe not so much on film. So it'd be, it'll be really cool to like see like how that all, how that whole process kind of works and what it kind of entails, I guess. Yeah. 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 If you could see, if you could see me through the, through the, whatever you're listening on the phone or whatever, I'm shaking my head going, yep. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Yeah. But yeah, you got to be willing to go there. And it sounds like, I think you're ready. I'd, uh, yeah. I would say that too, man. Thank and you, when man. you do, Seriously. I want you to come back on and I want you to tell us every little gory detail, <laughs> good, bad, and the ugly, because that's oh, what filmmaking is about. And yeah, guys, <laughs> I think that is a perfect way to end. Jack, don't hang up because we like to oh, do yeah. a wrap up with the guests and I want to talk to you for a second. Awesome. Um, everybody, you know, just the main thing I'm getting from this episode is follow your heart and your dream. If you want to make movies, go out and make movies. If you want to write a book, go out and do that. Um, Jack, thank you so much for coming on. It was an absolute pleasure. And again, I'll find a way to have you, you back on for the DC episode. Thank you. And thank you guys for having me. It's been really awesome talking to you. Excellent. And everybody, awesome. remember, be excellent to each other. <laughs>